Grab your Bibles before you're seated, and I want to read a portion of Scripture to you from Acts chapter 26, starting in verse 1. Paul has been arrested because his own people, the Jewish people, are getting aggravated at him because he is preaching now about the life of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so they've got him, and they've got him in prison, and they want him to be killed. And Paul is getting to appear before a governor or whatever you would call him, Agrippa. But in verse 1 of chapter 26, it says, Then then Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth his hand and answered for himself. They're giving him the opportunity in court to speak. Verse 2, he says, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before thee, touching all the things whereof I am accused of the Jews, especially because I know thee to be an expert in all customs and questions which are among the Jews. Wherefore, I beseech thee to hear me patiently. My manner of life from my youth which was at the first among my own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews. And he's saying, even from my youth, the Jews know me and they know where I stand. Verse 5, he says, which knew me from the beginning. And if they would testify that after the most strictest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. He said they would have to testify that after our religion, I lived in the most strictest sect, a Pharisee. And he says, And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers, unto which promise our twelve tribes, instantly serving God day and night, hope to come. For which hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jews. Why should it be thought a thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead. So the problem was that they were saying that Jesus Christ was now raised from the dead. And this is the hope, folks, that we have in that this world is not our home. Death is not our final call. We have an eternity with God, amen, beyond the heavens. Picking up in verse number 12. Whereunto, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, now he's given his testimony. He was going into cities and arresting Christians. He's giving this account. Verse 13, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And in verse 15, Paul asked this question and said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Now, Paul was a Pharisee. He knew all the law. He knew Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, that said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. 
what Jesus is claiming here as he speaks to Paul. He's saying, I am God. I am the Lord. I am your hope of salvation. I am everything. Amen. It's all in him. Hallelujah. It's all in Jesus Christ. He tells him, he says, but I want you to rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and those things in which thou will appear and in under those things which I will appear unto thee. And skipping down to verse 18, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. Aren't you thankful for the light of the gospel? And from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. Aren't you thankful for the forgiveness of your sins? An inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem. In other words, I went to all these places and testified of what you showed me throughout all the coast of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and to do the works meet for repentance. I want to focus there just on the last portion of verse number five. And after the most strictest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. I want to preach on this thought this morning, freedom from religion. Let's go to the Lord right now in prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you, Jesus. God, for your word, I pray that you would use me to touch the hearts of someone today. God, let your word go forth. There's power in your word. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your presence that we already feel in this place. God, we come before you today, O oh Lord, with praise and thanksgiving for what you're doing all around the world. We love you and we praise you and we glorify you, Jesus. In thy holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let everybody say amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor before you're seated and tell him you can be set free today. Hallelujah. <clears throat> When I say religion, I don't want you to be confused today. It's, it's defined as a ceremonial observance. Paul even warned the church of Colossians. He said, I want you to beware of the religion of worshiping angels. Although we believe in angels and there are ministering angels, amen, we don't worship angels. We worship Almighty God. Hallelujah. We realize that there is just a form that you can go through, a pattern that you can go through. And the Lord kind of checked my spirit as I sat down. I said, we're living in the dandy days, and it's time really for the, everybody to get into the church. And he said, he kind of checked my spirit, and he said, no, not get into the church, but to be the church. I said, it's time for the church to be the church. Amen. It's more than just going through the motions. It's just more than showing up on a Sunday morning and going through the motions and enjoying the presence of Almighty God. We know that God has a reason and a purpose for each and every one of us here today. And we need to realize that this is more than just 
a religion. It's just not something that we're doing on a Sunday afternoon because we don't have anything else to do. It's not a fancy country club or an organization that we join, but this is the church of the living God. Amen. It's not that you just go about and you look in the list and join the church of your choice. We've had many people that come through our doors and they say, we're just looking for a church. Amen. Well, we always say, well, you found the church. This is the church. Amen. There's only one church and not that it's us, us in this building, but there's only one church. There's only one Lord. There's only one faith and there's only one baptism. Amen. There's not many different kinds of denominations, and we even try to shy away from that fact. They say, oh, you're the Pentecostal denomination. I guess on their little regulations or their gauging of different ways that people believe they put us into that category, but we are not a denomination. We are not a religion. We are the church of the living God. Amen. It doesn't matter what name you put across the front of your building, but what matters is what's preached in the house of Almighty God. It's what you're preaching out of the Word of God. Amen. And there's only one way, and Jesus is that way. This is not join the church of your choice. You're not, you don't join this church. You're born into this church. I said you're born into this church. Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, you know, you got to be born again. And that's kind of a phrase that's used in the church world, if you will, that's been misused also. But he said to Nicodemus, you got to be born again of the water. You got to be baptized and you got to be born of the spirit. You got to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is something that you're born into. This is something that God calls you into. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for our pastor and for the vision that he's had throughout the world. And especially this year, I've heard so many testified about the fact that they've just been touched by the messages of being set free free from anxiety, free from fear, free from whatever you want to put after the freedom. But you can be set free in this house today because this isn't a religion. Hallelujah. This is the church of the living God. Now, I don't know if everybody believes that right now, but I want to get this message across is that anything can happen in God's house. Anybody can be delivered from anything Anybody can be healed from anything because we are in the presence of Almighty God. And God doesn't want us just to be a part of a religion. He wants us to be a part of the church of the living God. Amen. I was reading in Mark and the man in Mark brought to him, brought to Jesus his lunatic son. And and he was... Uh, brought him to him and the disciples weren't able to help him with his son to cast out the devil and and Jesus said well uh, what's the problem and he told him about how this devil would get him and and take his son and throw him into the fire sometimes and throw him into the water sometimes and and Jesus said he made this statement in Mark chapter 9 if thou canst believe all things are possible 
if thou canst believe, all things are possible. Hallelujah. It's all about believing. And the man cried out, and I just, I went back and forth of where he put the emphasis on this statement. But he said, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. Or did he say, I believe, help thou my unbelief. I don't know where you stand on either side of that, but I want you to know that Jesus, even though the man admitted that he had some doubt, that he didn't quite believe fully, Jesus healed his son. And I said that simply to make this statement that God doesn't need you to believe fully in everything. Because when we get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we receive the redemption of this spirit that's within us, but we're still in this flesh. And when we come into the house of God, we realize that this flesh and it's we battle this flesh and we have doubt in this flesh and we don't realize what God wants to do. And maybe that he can't. It seems impossible. But the Bible says when it's impossible with man, when it's impossible with the flesh, nothing is impossible with God. I said nothing is impossible to God. It's faith, faith, faith. He's given every man a measure of faith. And all you have to do is let that rise up within you. And God will be attracted to that. Hallelujah. He's a rewarder of those that will diligently seek after him. Amen. It's the church that we are a part of. And nothing can stop the church. The gates of hell cannot stop the church. Nothing can stop the church. Remind your neighbor today, nothing can stop the church. God's moving. And when you look at what the church means, it simply means a calling out. God calls us out. And if you've been here very long, you've felt that calling of the Lord. And perhaps you're here this morning, you can feel the calling of Almighty God. Can you feel the calling of God? This is not a religion, folks. This is the church. And God's got a plan. And he's got a plan for your life. And he's got a plan for my life. And he's calling on you. You're not here by accident. I said, you're not here by accident. You didn't stumble into the house of the Lord. But God has a plan for you. Can we just lift our hands right now and ask God to touch somebody's heart? God, we love you. God, move, oh Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Do you remember your first time, perhaps, in a Pentecostal church, amen, where God began to move upon your heart, where God began to draw on you, hallelujah. I speak to the church that's already here. Let us never lose that fact and that uh, process that God brought us through as he called us through. And there's people here today that perhaps have not yet yielded to him, but God's bringing them through that process. That's why it's so important for us to worship God when we come into the house of God and to usher in his presence because God is trying to do a great work in the lives of people everywhere. Brother Noe and I, we had the opportunity to go to Mexico. And Brother Noe's back there. Maybe he's up there. He is. God bless Brother Noe. Amen. 
He's our Spanish. <clears throat> he has such an anointing upon him. I was privileged to go with him to Mexico. This word is real. Amen. This word is real and it works anywhere. It's not a counterfeit. <clears throat> Tell you a little story that when we went over there, uh, we, we had, we had American money, but we needed to cash them in. What is it? Pesos, I guess it is over there. So we went to two ATMs at Mexico City in the airport in between our flights. Couldn't find a, a, a ATM that worked. So Noe got the bright idea to go to uh, one of these money exchangers. I said, okay, let's do it. So he puts the money up there on the counter, and they're going through the money, and, and they pull out a $50 bill, and they said, this is counterfeit. And I'm saying, oh, my Lord, what in the world did we get ourselves into here? Well, we'll just give you another. Here's another 50. We'll just change it out or just throw that one away or whatever. <clears throat> and uh, they say, no, we have to detain you. <clears throat> until we check this out. <clears throat> Before that time, I was praying under my breath. At that time, I just started praying out loud. Jesus. I didn't care who heard me. You know, when you get desperate, you don't care who heard you. <clears throat> <clears throat> now, Noe's passport was laying right. You know, they had like those bank window things and his passport was right there, and I was so tempted to reach in there, grab that passport, and start running down the hall. <clears throat> it was Noe's passport, and I really wasn't worried about him going to jail. I was more worried about me being in Mexico, not being able to speak Spanish, <clears throat> and not knowing what to do. But we began to pray, and finally they just said, well, you can come back in six days and we'll have it determined whether this is real or not. So they let us go. So we thank the Lord. That was a miracle. <clears throat> we got to thinking, Lee, I said, Noe, where did you get that money? He said, I got it from you. <laughs> I said, what do you mean you got it from me? He said, your wife gave me some cash and we, that's what it's from. And I said, oh man, <clears throat> but we made it and God helped us to get there. It was an amazing trip. 22 people were baptized in Jesus' name. 17 received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that's a conservative number. Because I couldn't understand what they were saying most of the time anyway. But you know when somebody gets the Holy Ghost, you can tell. You know, it does. there's no language barrier there. It's, it's different. Hallelujah. But it was hard to tell of all the many people. But we had all that happen without a building. There was no church building. We hope to put one there someday. And with little knowledge, if any, of the Bible. It was just having house meetings. And these people were hungry. Now, Noe had a cousin that lived in that area. And a few weeks back... He had contacted Noe and he said they were wanting to know more about the word of God. And so Noe began teaching on Sunday afternoons a Bible study to this group. And he told pastor, he says, you know, we got about 10 people there that want to get baptized. And uh, we need to go over there and baptize them and pray in through to the Holy Ghost. So pastor sent us over there. 
But the trip to Mexico reminded me of this one thing and that we all know, but we don't always keep it in the front of our minds, that the church is not confined to the full walls of this building. This is not a religion. This is truth. And it's an experience that is felt all around the world. Amen. In South Africa, they're going to Madagascar next week where they're going to have hundreds, over a 100,000 people probably be in their services. It's a huge thing. But uh, Noe and I were in this remote section of, of uh, Mexico. We flew into Mexico City, and then we had another airplane flight to uh, something Spanish name. And, and then we drove, and then we had a, a four-hour drive from there into, Noe calls it the jungle, but it really wasn't like a Tarzan jungle that you think of. It was more like remote farmland. And these people were just poor. They didn't have anything. Their homes were so modest. <clears throat> you could see through the walls. And they just had their own, their own yards were their own barnyards. And they had the chickens and the turkeys and the hogs and everything just all together and roamed together. And it was just a, such an experience. But the people were hungry for the word of God. Amen. And when we got there, we had a driver that came to pick us up. And his name was Margarito. And I couldn't communicate with Margarito. Because I couldn't speak Spanish. But there was a connection in the spirit. Hallelujah. I said there was a connection in the spirit. And of course, we had Noe there that was able to interpret and know everything that was going on. But Margarito, he was maybe met Noe once or twice in one of those on, online Bible studies. But he came expecting. He picked us up from the motel and was going to take us on this four-hour drive. <clears throat> into where we were headed. And he told us that he had come expecting. He made like $30 a day, and he told his wife, you know, and they lived from paycheck to paycheck, just like we do here, but uh, it was on a lesser scale. But he was, he told his wife, he says, I'm just going to have to take off work. He says, I really feel that God is going to do something for my life. He came with an expectation and as soon as we got in the car, you know, he said, let's pray the Lord keep his hand on us as we travel. And as we begin to pray for that, the Holy Ghost fell in that car and Margarito began to speak in other tongues. <clears throat> no, and I just looked at each other and all I could say really was, wow, we, that was our key word for the week. Wow. And then after a while, we said it backwards. Wow. And uh, it was just overwhelming to see what God was doing. This guy that just picked us up and we didn't know him from Adam. And, and he just began to speak in other tongues. And he was so excited. He got on his, they, they're poor, but they all have cell phones. And they have internet. I don't know how that all works, but <clears throat> they do. And he began to text the, the cousin of Noe's whose house we were going to, Estrado. 
And we were going to go to his house. This is Noe's cousin. And there was a group of about eight of them waiting there. And they could not wait for us to get there. They were expecting. They were expecting. Where's our expectation, church? When we gather together, are we expecting God to move? Are we expecting God to fill people with the Holy Ghost? Are we expecting God to heal somebody? Or are we just going through a religious ceremony, taking up some time? I don't believe so. I'm glad I'm a part of East Wind Pentecostal Church where we see people on a t- almost weekly receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Being baptized, and I'm thankful for that. But you need to have an expectation. And I ask you this morning, what is your expectation today? What is it that you desire for God to do? Nothing is impossible for our God. Amen. And so we finally made it to Estrado's house. And as we walked in the door, one of the men just fell to his knees and started praying. And we just walked in. We didn't even say hello, Harley. Uh, they didn't even say hi. They just fell on their knees. They began to pray. And the Holy Ghost moved in this concrete floor, slatted wall, poor area. God began to move in a mighty way. And he filled everybody that was in the house with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God's not dead. He's alive. Amen. God is moving. They were had such an anticipation and such an expectation in their hearts. They were just waiting for the move of God. And I'm so thankful that I was a part of that. I never, ever saw anything like it. All I could say was, wow. <laughs> he came expecting. I want to talk about Estraldo's daughter, sister. His sister, I can't pronounce her name, but Sula May or something like that. We couldn't communicate. She spoke a different language. She was kind of just a bystander. You could tell, you know, you can tell when somebody wants the Lord and when somebody's just kind of standing over there in the corner. And she was one of these bystanders. And Noe, in his wisdom, you know, he called her to come and sit in the little circle there where they, he was teaching the men and I was usually napping or trying to communicate with the kids and show them how to tie some ties and stuff because I couldn't get into conversation. So I didn't speak Spanish and it was too hard for him to have to interpret everything that he was saying. So they were having their little men. He called her over there and he called me over. They said, Brother Richie, come over here and sit and talk to her. <laughs> And I said, hi, <laughs> hola, como estas, dead? amen, very little, but he began to interpret for me, and I just felt like, you know, I said, she was not willing to submit, and I just said, you know, are you a believer, do you believe in God, and she says, yes, I believe in God, and I just said, you know, if you believe, anything is possible. And all of a sudden, God just moved into that place. The Spirit of God. I couldn't communicate. <laughs> oh, 
But God is moving. God is calling. Hallelujah. And within a few minutes, they laid hands on her and she began to speak in other tongues. Hallelujah. We baptized her in the horse trough in the backyard. Amen. But she was just a bystander. I don't know what you're here today or how you feel today or what you're a believer. But you just have to have that little bit of faith. Faith, faith, faith. Just that inkling of, yes, I believe there's a God. He's calling on you. He's pulling on your heart. You don't have to have a great understanding of the word of God. I don't know if some of these had any understanding of the word of God. We took some Bibles there and they just began to eat them up. They were just like, man, they were just wanting those Bibles. And it was just an amazing thing. But all you have to do is believe. God's looking for somebody to believe. If you believe on me, out as the scriptures has said, he said, out of your belly shall flow this river. Out of your innermost being shall flow this river, this Holy Spirit that he has for you. If we just believe in him, he can do all things. I want to talk about the third person, and he was the mayor. He came to our Saturday night service and so thankful for the service that we had there. It was at a park and in a town of 850 people, just a small town. They don't have transportation, so there's a town here, and then a half an hour away there's another town, and there's towns all over. But <clears throat> it'd take me all the rest of the afternoon to tell all the stories. But in the middle of that town, the, the mayor allowed him to have this meeting. He has never, ever had another religious event go on in that city park. He wouldn't let anyone else go through there, but he let us have that service there. And the mayor, there was 85 people there. The mayor came. His name was George with a J. His name was George, Mayor George. And he was, I don't know what I would call him, but he was just like, whatever, you know, go ahead and have your thing. But as we preach the word of God and know he interpreted it, it says that he afterwards, he said what he liked about the preaching was that it was all about the word of God. It wasn't that we said, this is what I believe, or this is what we believe, or this is our tradition, or this is our religion. But this was the word of God, he said, and he wanted to know more. Hallelujah. He got baptized and four others got baptized with him that next Sunday morning. <clears throat> Because it's the church, really all I could say was, wow. It's just amazing how we were there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, full days. And it was like our feet were running the whole time, going to different people's houses, praying for people. Even the, the hotel, if you can call it a hotel, it was more like a boarding house with six rooms in it. Where we stayed, it was about 20 minutes away from the house where we had all the meetings, but even the people that own that, they asked for prayer. So Noe gets them all together and starts praying for him. And he says, we're going to have a church in this area. He's such a, 
man of faith and he has such a vision and God has just used him in a mighty way. But George liked the word. Amen. We have to stay with the word and it resonates. People understand that this just isn't just a religion, but it's the word, the power of the word, the word of God will speak to you. Amen. The word of God will move upon you. As we were leaving out on a Monday morning, the driver wanted us to stop by his house, which was another half hour away. And he, um, he wanted us to stop by and pray for his family there. And, and they were kind of afraid because it was this, it was his, um, father-in-law's home and he wasn't, you know, he was staunch, another religion. I won't name it, but he, they were afraid of what he would, how he would receive us, but he just received us with open arms and there was a mighty moving. There was about eight people in that place and, um, the driver's sister-in-law received the baptism of the Holy Ghost Monday as we were leaving out. His wife and his daughter, they both received the Holy Ghost. They got baptized. I think it was on the Sunday before. So God's moving in that area. And no, he's all going to start doing the Bible study over the Internet with them in that city and just believe in it's just an amazing thing how God was sweeping in that community because God has a plan. I said, God has a plan. He's got a plan for Mexico to see churches in other towns. We could see that how easily that would be would be when we were there at the driver's house. He said, can you pray for my other sister in law? She's in another town 30 minutes away. And she's dying of cancer. And we called her and by FaceTiming, we, we begin to pray, uh, pray for her. And God touched her. And as we were leaving out, the driver got a message back from her and she said, something's happened to me. <clears throat> she says, I'm at peace. I've been touched. There's going to be a church in that city when God heals her of her cancer. Hallelujah. And that'll be such a testimony because God has a plan. John chapter one, verse one says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. It's not a religion. It's God's plan. It's God's plan to the world. Same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. Do you remember when the light was turned on? I remember so vividly. It's been 44 years. I figured up now ago when I came to an altar and God filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I got baptized in Jesus name and the light was turned on. Amen. But our old flesh kind of brings us down and it says, oh, you know, you go through the humdrums of life. But the initial uh, experience that we had when we had it in the beginning where God changed our lives, we need to stir up that gift, hallelujah, that is within us. I said we need to stir up that gift that is within us. Hallelujah. And a church this size 
We ought to be full every Sunday. Hallelujah. With all the Christians that we have in this place, when we take this word, when we take this word out in the streets and out to our neighbors and those that are around us, we're going to see a mighty moving of God right here because God has a plan. In every one of their instances, instances, uh, even the mayor, we never got the Holy Ghost that I know of, but we baptized him in Jesus' name. But his countenance was changed. His countenance was changed. He was changed. He was a changed individual. We were just having house meetings on um Sunday afternoon, Noe had just planned to do Bible studies, but the mayor came and says, we need to have one of those church services. And so he uh, got on the intercom, they got an intercom in the middle of town and, and he got in and announced the church service to come out to the church service at this house. And we just had it in the, the front yard of this house and over 50 people came out to that service to hear the word of God. And we baptized more in Jesus name. There's this story after story. Bishop was talking about all the things that are going on all over the world. And and uh, he had some things that he could share, but he was going to wait because pastor had some of those things. And uh, but, you know, the interesting thing I said, they all had they all had Internet. There was a rancher there that had a pond and the mayor wanted to be baptized in that pond. So we went and asked him if he could. If we could baptize him in the pond, he said, yeah, sure. We, I think we baptized five people that day in that pond. But later on, as we were coming back to the house, here comes the rancher. And he wanted prayer. And he saw on the Internet the things that were going on in Israel. And he knew, had some little understanding of the fact that something was happening. The world knows something is happening. Amen. All we have to do is to stand up and be the church and to proclaim the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's all stand this morning. But their countenances were changed. There was a difference in their lives. And it's so exciting because if we had more time, we could still be there just going from house to house and People were so receptive. They were just wanting prayer. They were wanting to know more about the word of God. It was amazing. But the Bible tells us that in John chapter 1 verse 14. And the word was made flesh. And dwelt among us. This plan of God took on a fleshly being. A human being. Amen. And dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is as the only begotten of the father. Full of grace and truth. Yes, God has a plan for Mexico and Madagascar and South Africa and Palm Bay City. He's got a plan right here today. I said he's got a plan in this service today. God's got a plan for you. Look at your neighbor and tell him God's got a plan for you. God does not want us to simply go through the motions of coming to church, holding the fort, so to speak, until he comes. 
But God's got a plan for you. Maybe this is your first time in this church service today. I want you to know that God's got a plan for you. God's got a plan for any, everyone. John chapter 1 verse 11. He says, he came unto his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Amen. I just opened this altar today. If God's been pulling on your heart, come to this altar. If you want to be used as the church, if you got want God to reveal his plan to you, I just invite you to come up here. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, I invite you to come and let us know that you want to be baptized. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, today is your day. Hallelujah. Just begin to worship God. Begin to seek God and just begin to say, Lord, use me. Hallelujah. I'm nothing without your touch, Lord. We love you, God. We need you. Move, oh Lord, like only you can move. Touch every heart, every mind. Jesus, we need you. We love you, Lord. We praise you, almighty God. For you are great, oh Lord, and greatly to be praised. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.